And one of the great ironies of having the Green Party in the ruling coalition uh, and in previous real ruling coalitions is they have systematically dismantled a lot of the relatively low carbon sources of energy that the Germans have had, nuclear, natural gas, in favor of coal and especially lignite. So under the Greens, because of green policy, we've seen an explosion uh, that will last decades in German carbon emissions. So if you are in Germany and a little bit of electrons comes in from wind or solar, that has to be fed into the system regardless of what the price point happens to be. And if you've got a lignite facility that you're leaving on because it takes more than 24 hours to spin that thing up and down, and when the sun goes down and the solar goes away, the lignite has to be there to keep the lights on, well... You don't count the electricity that it generates during the day. You only count the solar and wind. If you actually count what power is generated and what is used when it is used, you're talking only about 10% green. It is this level of disingenuousness, this level of not at all fighting for anything that you would actually be fighting for if you cared about the things you said you cared about, mm. that makes me have such a high level of animosity towards the movement. Would you like to know more? Dangerous. Well, I love you, Simone, and I am excited for our topic today because it's where you started your career. Do you yes. want to talk about your early career? Absolutely. Being raised in super progressive Silicon Valley, I was determined to save the world by doing the most obvious thing, saving the environment, because that's what really needs our help. Fucking and flowers. The flowers. The flowers are very important. And so I, I looked at what I thought would make the most impact. I felt like- Hold on. Actually, before you go further, I'd love yeah. you to explain why you thought saving the environment mattered. Like what about the environment was like intrinsically good? Well, it was sort of the, an availability heuristic problem. Everything around me was the environment is, is falling apart. In my science classes, we talked about environmental damage and pollution and climate change. And then, of course, like in the news, it was a big issue. So it was just in terms of like problems in the world that need to be resolved. It was the environment. Interestingly, actually, it wasn't human suffering. It wasn't starvation. It wasn't disease. And those are like really big issues that I would expect progressive groups to really care about. Very weirdly, this is just not something that was in my evoked set. I had been told, in fact, that in the past, parents used to tell their children who were not eating their dinners, don't you know there are children starving in China? But that no one does that anymore, which kind of implied that like there weren't children starving anywhere anymore. So that's the closest I got to awareness of starvation and hardship outside okay, continue, the US. Continue. So you started this first career. <clears throat> yeah. So I decided to go into environmental business because my understanding was that changing, like dealing with environmental problems through the public sector was ineffective. You um, created this degree, right? Yeah. So I went to the George Washington University because they had a good undergraduate business school. I didn't want to wait until graduate school. I thought that was a waste of time because academia, even then, even then I knew academia was, was a waste of time. And I created a sort of custom major using graduate classes in environmental business that they had. And then I, I started, I, I volunteered and interned at environmental nonprofits. I worked at the American Council of Renewable Energy. I worked at Earth Day Network, which is the nonprofit that basically administers Earth Day and Earth Day festivals, but then provides year-round curriculum and all sorts of other stuff. I extensively interviewed with people who worked as environmental consultants or environmental specialists within organizations or who worked as lobbyists for the environment. 
and of course, then I also took my my classes. And the more I learned, the more I was like, oh my God, this entire industry is a complete scam. The the people that I interviewed who worked in the space basically said, I deeply care about this. Don't do this because my work makes absolutely no difference and I'm not making any difference. And then of course, I, I the most meaningful thing for me mm-hmm. was studying historical geography, sorry, historical geology and learning that we are not the first organ organism to cause climate change, to significantly alter the climate of our planet, that many other organisms before us have done this. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't study like the fossil record and like all of the past like errors of, you know, the natural climate and everything without discovering that. And so like learning that too was just like, wait a second, guys. You, you, the, the understanding was that climate change bad humans unusual for causing this must stop it. And then what I had learned was, was climate change normal, humans not unique in doing this and can't stop it. <laughs> Just like that was, it was, it was deeply disturbing because if you do care about this problem, you know, you should be planning around it. And I, I, we don't see a lot of that, at least performatively, people are talking about so, how do we handle migratory crises? How do we, you know, how do we handle the fact that people are still buying coastal properties in a way that's going to lead to death and lots of destruction? You know, how do we, how do we prepare for the inevitable climate change that is going to happen? Simone, I want to, I want to pull on something you said. <laughs> this is a scam. What specific parts of it do you feel are the most disingenuous? I'm assuming you think that like the earth is getting warmer and that like there is a lot of climate destruction happening and a lot of species yes, are going That is extinct. all happening. Yes. Okay, and, and continue. pollution is bad and all these other things are really bad. However, the efforts that supposedly are supposed to be addressing this are not making a difference. They're not making a difference. They're not they're not making the problem better. They are just raising money and getting attention and <sighs> not and really I think changing. that's the really important thing to know here is mm-hmm. that the climate change industry is an industry and that the people in it or at least from your your interviews when you were thinking of going into it regretted their life choices but they didn't feel they had any options left to them yeah well and then so there there were two right there were the ones that i interviewed who were like don't go into this space and then they're the ones that i worked with and they were more like one group of them, like when I worked at the American Council on Renewable Energy, these are people who are genuinely passionate about solar, but it was sort of like people who are really passionate about electric vehicles. They're not like, it's not that they're like, I'm saving the environment. They're like, no, oh, Teslas are so cool. Or like the battery pack is really amazing. Or like, you know, just here's this more efficient thing that I think we should really be rolling out. So they were basically just solar otaku. And then they actually made a positive difference of the groups that you worked with. I mean, they they were, yeah, of any, of everyone that I worked with, of everyone that I interviewed, I think the American Council on Renewable Energy was effective at encouraging adoption and increasing education about, about solar power. Like they, they were, they were well-focused and they were doing something practical and actionable, but I don't think it was to save the environment. I think it was because they were stoked about solar. You know, it was like, it was no different from like some American council on natural gas, you know, who were like, wow, natural gas is just such a great resource or fracking is amazing. You know, it's just, that was, that was kind of the vibe. And then the Earth Day Network and like those types of people were a lot like many other environmentalists, professional environmentalists, essentially that I worked with where 
it really wasn't about making a difference. It was about living a lifestyle. It was about having this type of water bottle and eating this type of food and being vegan and essentially being a negative utilitarian, creating curriculum and sort of building people within your culture. And that makes sense for an organization like Earthy Network because our number one activity is hosting these big festivals every year. You know, we're like, you have bands yeah. playing and, you know. So this was something from our childhood. People may not, I don't know if like young people like like Gen Z like has any fucking idea what Earth Day is. Like this used to be a thing, like on Nickelodeon, they take the day, like the whole week and it would be like Captain Planet and shit I and think, like other. Uh, I think there are still Earth Day festivals, but it, it, again, it's that life. It felt more like, like goth festival you know like annual goth or burning man right where like you're just really into this community and you want other people to adopt it and know about it and you want to make it available to as many people as possible so it definitely felt like a cultural lifestyle business and not a i mean of course they still talked about how like it's important to recycle and here's did you have any specific moments where like it broke for you where you're like this is just not doing anything meaningful no, but by the end of my freshman year, I think it was the end of my freshman year, I gave up. And then I, I started working at fashion magazines and chocolate factories and cupcake shops and medical device companies instead of. So, so I had a moment for me that was mm. my big, what the fuck are we doing? Okay. What, what, what um, happened? How old were you? Old, old. Because it was just to me the most glaring evidence I've ever seen. And it was so glaring, I could never go back from it. Oh gosh, I don't know about this. This is fun. More yeah, backstory well, on my talked about it before. I just don't think you may realize. So global warming that the Earth is getting warmer. Mm-hmm. Is... No, no, no. It's not. Glo- it's global climate change. Don't forget climate that climate change. That climate is changing at a faster pace in modern years than it has historically. Mm-hmm. I do believe that the evidence points to it happening yeah from, happening. from us looking at the evidence and you know we're skeptical people it, it, <laughs> it appears to be yeah not a hoax. hard to deny that it's happening not um, a hoax mm-hmm. not a hoax that humans are in part responsible for this that is something that I've, I've looked at the evidence and i'm sorry it just appears to be yes and there's people I thought you were going to say no, and I was really intrigued by that. No, there's is... people who will do like cutoffs and weird graphs, yeah. and there's, no, there's ways it. you can argue with evidence that things are overstated. Do, do I think that we live in a world where if I'm a climate scientist and I published a study saying that humans are not the cause of climate change, that I am going to get fired? Fucking <laughs> absolutely, which yeah. makes it very hard for me to objectively analyze the data that's out there. From the data I've looked at, it appears the answer is yes. Yeah, but also like but, another reason to not be so doubtful of that is is that far less, we'll say, conspicuous species have done this in the past. Like organisms have done this in the past. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great like, oxidation if a, event. If a tree you know, can do it. I think you know humans doing all the crazy stuff. So no, 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 no. Here, here are the two questions. Should I fucking care? Uh, you know, this is question one which which we can get to that's like a whole other thing i think yes we should care a little like it it matters but it's not like this existential thing that matters more than like hundreds of thousands of humans starving to death every year well i guess it depends on how tractable it is right that's that should determine how much you care right but we're gonna ignore this for now like Mm -hmm. like when I look at all of the suffering in the world today, when I look at all of the various things like getting off planet, X risks, everything like that, like it matters that this is happening. It's just 
is not like thing number one, or it, I, I don't think it should be on any like sane person's list. Uh, in fact, I think it should be even below preserving tracts of land and natural environments that are going to undergo change due to global warming. If you want to preserve diversity. So if I'm going to word this differently. And I, uh, I just don't know how practical it is to do that in the face your, of global Your warming. time and money is better spent buying rainforest to keep it from being cut down. Oh, lot. yes. No, 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 totally. Mr. Beast yeah. did this. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, protecting national parks in the U.S. than it is fighting global warming in the way that people are fighting it. But here's the big thing for me. Here has been my big thing with global warming. It was during the pandemic. Um, and oh, right. Yeah, during the pandemic... We shut down like fucking everything. People weren't commuting to work. People weren't flying. People weren't leaving their houses. People weren't eating at restaurants. We were living the environmentalist dream that we had been told we should be making all of these sacrifices for for so fucking long. It was like we were making all of these insane sacrifices that we had been told to make at a global scale. And for people who do not know this, that year, we barely met the incremental carbon reduction that was needed to make a meaningful dent in global warming. Hmm. So I will word this in different words, okay? To prevent global warming, you know, if, if carbon's going, you know, like this, right? Like we need to, or suppose it's even a straight line, like we need to start going down, right? right. But we need to keep going down. It did the one-year decrease it needed for that year, but we wouldn't need to have kept up COVID restrictions. We would need to literally double COVID restrictions every year for like a decade. So on top of everything we were doing, we needed to do all of that in terms of carbon reduction while still not going back out, yeah, still that, that not getting to, get you, to work, yeah. still not using planes, still not using restaurants, and and that's what I realized. I was like, oh, what's being asked is comically unrealistic. What's being asked at like a base case to prevent this is obviously never going to work. It's never going to do what they want. And this is this is a huge deal to me, right? Like we are being told you as a people can fix this. And then thing happens and we learned, oh shit. Like I think even environmentalists, when they were looking at that, that should have been this moment of like, oh shit, it's really stupid to fight global warming by telling people to make sacrifices in their daily lives. But I, I didn't see almost any environmentalist taking that away for this. Yeah. It meant that if you're if you're going to fight this, I guess you could do it with like carbon sequestration and stuff like that. But a lot of people again, are like, I would say, I, I would say now there's less, it seems focus on oh everyone has to go and do these things it's more hey governments you need to change this hey this infrastructure has to change you know this regulation has to change which is smart because all this nonsense about like start you know start recycling when like recycling doesn't work because many municipalities just don't do it at all oh, recycling is mostly a scam for yeah people who don't yeah, know. yeah. Like, yeah so like sure you know some video on it but 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 even speaking of that there was a interesting study done on like lifestyle sacrifices that people were making of gen mm. z's generation and another yeah. thing is that uh, turns out despite greta thornburg saying you old people have sold our future 
that Gen Z makes dramatically fewer lifestyle sacrifices to protect the environment really? than millennials or boomers do. The point being is that they just do a lot less. If you look at a environmentalist rally, I don't know if you guys have seen one recently. It's fucking old people. You look at like yeah. like the people. Oh, you know. Oh, maybe it's it's the Gen Z nihilism. People love to doom about it, but they're doing it because all humans love to doom. That's why apocalyptic memes are so viral. That's why yeah. there's a bunch of idiots going around now saying AI is going to kill us all. Yeah. We've done a lot of episodes on this. It mm. is not. Uh, there's mm. like mathematical proof that it's not. You look at our reverse grabby alien theorem video. Um, yeah, guys, stop. It's stop trying to make AI apocalypticism a thing. It's not a thing. Not a thing. LLMs are not going to kill us. I'm not saying no AI can kill us. I just don't think that we're anywhere near that level of technology. And I think that the data backs this. And even so, we're probably dealing more with a relative danger versus an absolute danger. I.e., if it's going to kill us, it will definitely eventually kill us. And so everything we do up until that point is actually more of a risk. And that if it's going to kill us, we would kill ourselves once we reached a certain level of intelligence. Like we would yeah. converge on a utility function. Yeah. There is terminal convergence of utility functions. But anyway, and I think that the data supports this. I think that this is actually what's supported by the inverse gravity alien theorem. But back to the, the topic at hand. So global warmingism. Yeah, I think it's something that people just use to masturbate this humorism they have without really having to engage with anything that's particularly hard to engage with. If, if anything, also, like, I, I do feel like a, the the majority of it non-commercially, like, so when we leave the nerds who are into something that is environmentally adjacent, like, they're just super nerdy about carbon sequestration for some reason or, like, whatever. Like, I feel like there are lots of just weird otaku about weird tech that, you know, come across as environmentalists, but really they're just enthusiastic about the intervention. So like when we take those out, I think it's a culture thing. I think it's just like, oh, I'm a crunchy green person. And I think what's really interesting now, actually, when I look at social media and when I look at what people are talking about, at least like from the shorts that I'm seeing, the new version of that culture, the new version of like what now is an environmentalist isn't like, oh, you know, don't use that because it's not sustainable. They're like, don't use that because it has endocrine disruptors and, and don't use that because, you know, it, it has- Endocrine you know, disruptors are I, a conservative thing. What are you on about? I, well, I actually think that like many of the people who used to be super progressive environmentalists are going more conservative and they're concerned about pollutants. And I don't think endocrine disruptors are necessarily a conservative thing. I, I, I actually think that like- they're, well, it'd be great if we can get across cross aisle. I think, cross, I think, I think it crosses the aisle. I mean, they, they may not be using the same words and they may not have the same concerns, right? Like they're not like, oh, my child's they're, fertility. They're literally concerned about the frogs turning gay. They're no, like, no, no, the, the conservatives wrong. are, but I think the progressives are more no, just No, no, no. Like, I mean, the conservatives are uh, concerned about the implication of the frogs turning gay. Yeah. The progressives are concerned that there's not going to be any more frogs. Yeah, well, that and <laughs> that like their children are being poisoned just kind of generally like, Oh, it's bad for you. And it, you know, it'll, it'll mess with my child's, it'll give them ADHD. It'll I don't know. Autism no, I think you're off the boat with progressivism these days. There was an interesting paper. It's, I, I can't remember where this came out, but it was, it was shocking to me, which was looking at pollutants in the environment, hmm. like how much do different pollutants affect like health outcomes of babies and there was pushback at like the university or something saying that the paper was intrinsically eugenic 
in that it was trying to ensure healthy babies were born. Oh, no. You might be surprised how far off the cliff they've gone. Are you sure you weren't thinking about the the argument that a female to male trans person should not be allowed to continue to take their exogenous hormones while pregnant. Yeah. It was during that. You're, they said you're that, referring to that. I don't, I don't think they're talking about endocrine disruptors. They were just saying, like, yeah, yeah, you should yeah, have yeah, the yeah, right, yeah. sorry, he should have that. the right that to take paper. testosterone. And they yeah, said that the research different. on this was eugenic because it was looking at baby health. The point I'm yeah. being is you think that they care about the health of children where I think they think the health of children no, no, is they, eugenic. They, they really, look up crunchy moms okay okay look up crunchy moms it is not it is typically not i need to save the environment it is it is an aesthetic thing that i think is is more honest than original Mm. like previous let's talk about it being an aesthetic thing because this actually bothers me about the movement right okay so this is where you get like in germany the fucking green party banning their nuclear plants right like it's aesthetic well it's aesthetic, but it objectively hurts, hurts global warming and the environment by a dramatic amount. And there's actually, I want to see if I remember to do this link to Peter Zahan videos on this, because he does some great videos on like how bad Germany is in terms of its environmental impact, but they're like mm. one of the worst countries in Europe and they hide <laughs> it in their government statistics because what they'll do is you'd have to go to Zion's videos on this, which he does a very good job of this. Of these, the only bit that is sustainable is the lignite because that is actually produced in Germany. And one of the great ironies of having the Green Party in the ruling coalition uh, and in previous real ruling coalitions is they have systematically dismantled a lot of the relatively low carbon sources of energy that the Germans have had, nuclear, natural gas, in favor of coal and especially lignite. So under the Greens, because of green policy, we've seen an explosion uh, that will last decades in German carbon emissions, and there's really no way around that. Yes, 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 yes. They have spent something like $2 trillion now building up a power network and putting in solar and wind, but I don't know if any of you have ever been to Germany, but the sun doesn't shine in Germany. Uh, in terms of reliable output, uh, when people actually use the electricity, uh, Germany only gets about, I think it's 8 to 11% of their electricity from green sources. Now, they will tell you that it's 40 to 70% based on the season, but what they're not telling you is how they collect the data. So, if you are in Germany and a little bit of electrons comes in from wind or solar, that has to be fed into the system regardless of what the price point happens to be. And if you've got a lignite facility that you're leaving on because it takes more than 24 hours to spin the thing up and down, and when the sun goes down and the solar goes away, the lignite has to be there to keep the lights on, well, you don't count the electricity that it generates during the day. You only count the solar and wind. And if you're in August when all the Germans are on vacation and the sun actually finally is shining, all of those electrons have nowhere to go. So you dump them into France, Poland, and the rest count those two. If you actually count what power is generated and what is used when it is used, you're talking only about 10% green. This is why on like a per person basis, Germany is so environmentally unfriendly compared to other countries is because of the environmental party. They lied about their output, right? There, there has been no real push to be honest about their measuring systems. And two, the reason they're in this fucking situation is because mostly due to Russian money that was trying to increase their reliance on Russian gas, they shut down all their nuclear plants, which was an insane thing to do. If you care about the environment and anything other than the most 
aesthetic and vague sense. And I think that it is this level of disingenuousness, this level of not at all fighting for anything that you would actually be fighting for if you cared about the things you said you cared about mm. that makes me so and uh, have such a high level of animosity towards the movement. You just don't like the hypocrisy. That's that's your problem. Yeah. I mean, my take on the environment right now, like if I was going to optimize for my beliefs around the environment, I think that we should create full genome sequences of as much of the planet's diversity right now as possible. Yeah, like a seed bank, but for all for biological genomes, things. Right, yeah. that can be copied a number of times. And then yeah. we can recreate it on some other planet in the future hmm. when we have more shit. But for now, things look pretty fucked. And I don't see anything really realistically we can do other than create a genetic library at the moment. We might even be able to recreate it on Earth one day. But for now, we need to be realistic about where things are going and realistic about how to optimize the things that we, anyone says they care about. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would really, I'm concerned about making sure that there are migratory treaties in place that would allow for people to more easily leave areas when they become deeply unsafe i i, really, I don't think that that's as relevant when you look at how quickly population's crashing or, I, or will crash i guess although things are happening now like we're already getting to a place where temperatures reach untenable levels like as in if there's a power outage plus this heat wave many people will die kind of thing and and that you know we're not doing anything. You're not going to get migratory treaties. It's completely unrealistic. <sighs> you would you what we've is a migratory insane treaty? We've done things with environmental controls. Like we've done we've done impossibly impressive things. Like the least we can do is figure out No. What is a migratory treaty really? Like what are you saying if you do an intercountry migratory treaty, right? I know, is I know, working, like that's yeah. conquest. That's what you have to fight people for is to take their land. Now you're just saying, "Oh yeah, just move your population to another country." Yeah, like what give India a discount on Greenland, you know? Just a little discount. Just a little Yeah. No, no, I mean it's uh Yeah, yeah. I, I don't people. think that you're gonna do anything. I think there's gonna be a lot of suffering in regards to climate change. I think mm. it's happening. It's 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 man made, but there's also like literally nothing we can do about it, except for carbon sequestration, which I think it's potentially a very big thing we could do about it, but I think it is hugely underfunded when you contrast it with stupid climate efforts like banning mm. straws or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that just stands out to me as I look back on all of it is the difference between the cultural movement and like the nerds. And the cultural movement never really cared. It was always just about aesthetics and, and about in enforcing uniformity within their community. They weren't shaming yeah. you for drinking out of a plastic straw because they believed that it was going to hurt the environment like deeply and intellectually. They shamed you because in your culture, in this community, we don't drink out of plastic straws. It was an internal status hierarchy. As well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, you know, how dare you dress like a prep? This is the goth club. That kind of thing. So you said something at the beginning of this interview when you were like, I'm mean, not interview talk, but I, I sort of treated it like an interview at the beginning. When I was asking you, like, okay, so you're young, why specifically? Like, if you had to explain to somebody why you cared about the environment, 
what would you say? Like, like, like I, other than just, it's around, like if you had to justify to me, I am a conservative who met you, not a conservative, a weirdo, a weirdo who hates I the I would say it's one of the most existential threats that faces humanity at this time. And you would explain why you don't believe that's the case, but I would fully believe that it is the most important thing, largely because I'm, I was at the time unaware of many other important problems. Including thought that we needed environmental stasis to survive as a species. I mean, we have destroyed many environments. You want to talk about fucking up environments? Look at the environments of the Americas after the Native Americans got here, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're the fucking reason you're not seeing giant sloths anymore. Okay. Um, oh, you're blaming humans for giant... Were, were they hunted to extinction? Almost certainly, yeah. Humans destroyed almost all megafauna. Honestly, I think that humanity was a megafauna hunting species, and we were specifically designed for, like, evolution. Well, don't worry. We're bringing them back. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's fine. We're going to fix it. I'm bringing back the mammoths and we're stuff. Fix it. Well, yeah. I want to see giant sloths. That's what I want to see. Uh, I want to know how mammoth. fucking scary they were. I, I bet mammoths tasted really good. Or maybe well, it was too we'll fatty. We'll find out soon, hopefully. Right? But so. no, actually, there was a group of people who, like, cooked them when they found it. Remember they found one that had, like, meat? Oh, and yeah. They... Oh, gosh. What did they say it tasted like? Mm, I don't remember. But, I mean, it probably, I mean, if it's that old, you know, like, things in the freezer that, oh, I don't really taste that good, you know. You won't even eat hamburger meat that we've frozen, so I doubt that it tasted good. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I, 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 I do hear what you're saying. Yeah. So historically, yeah, humans really fucked up environments when they first got to them. You yeah, but this? so have other organisms. It is a thing that things do. It is a thing that living, living stuff does. Yeah, but humans were uniquely good. But I'm talking about, uh, you know, aboriginal humans. I'm talking about, oh, like, no, aboriginal no, no, yeah, 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 I'm talking about yeah, Native yeah. Americans. I'm talking about, this is not a European thing. Like We're apex predators. What do, what do you want? That's what, what we do. We're apex predators. I, I mean, I guess my my thing is like, as time has gone on, I've been asking myself more and more, like, other than cultural preservation, and outside of genetic preservation of the environment, like a genetic mm -hmm. catalog of the environment, I just see the issue as much less existential when contrasted with other issues. Yeah, I mean. I, I guess per our value set and our worldview, it's important that we have a stable world long enough to get off planet and yeah, things well, get and a I, lot I, harder I when the environment breaks down. If like, you know, if, if undersea currents reverse and cause severe weather changes, you know, when people start focusing more on surviving than getting us off planet, that's going to set us back. You know, this is, these are things yeah. that are not ideal. And right. I, I will clarify that there are some like genuine risks around global warming, like yeah. the, the, the case of a, a chain reaction, a, a you know, re recurring cycle greenhouse effect due to like sulfur melting in the ocean floor and stuff like that. I don't remember exactly how we're held. I'm really worried about sea currents reversing. Well, and sea currents reversing would have a major effect in some areas. So, so there's some like really fucking serious shit that's going to happen as part of this process, but. One, I think that the true, like, just, like, out-of-control chain reaction, when I look at the science, it just doesn't seem to be there. doesn't mm. seem to be likely. And when I look at, or at least it's dramatically less likely than something like a killer AI. And when I look at other things like, like the sea current and stuff like that, there's just not a lot we can do about that at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the problem that I think anyway, about more. Simone, I loved chatting with you about this. I loved that as a youth, you know, you went exploring something that you were told had value by your cultural group, 
but you were still open to learn and have your ears open and um, have your opinion changed even before you met me on this issue. Yeah, I get some credit for that, don't I? <laughs> I love you, Simone. I love you too, gorgeous. 